event like we landed on the moon. Nothing been the same since. Uh, Not let the line like shine bright. We're in our prime, had the time of our life. We on the night. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Making an Impact here on Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Yo. Scott and here, joined as always by good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hello. And I think the last time we did anything Impact related was the uh, the week after Brown for Glory where we did kind of the review kind of roundup yeah, of that. we did that. Which feels like so long ago because you know some big things have happened, not just an Impact but in the world of wrestling since then. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, we should know, I think you may have heard us saying that we were going to do this like later on in the month as well as an X Division retrospective, which we are going to do. We are. We are. And I feel like we've been promising you like that, like that absentee pair, like, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take you cycling or whatever. And, and we hate being those people that promise you and don't deliver on it, but we we do swear, we swear upon everything our podcast means to us, Yeah, but we will get to it, and we will we will provide you with some solid stuff on that one. Some things that complications have come out, like we were a bit late in getting up the Frasier podcast, but we hope you enjoyed that, because we enjoyed talking about it. Uh, oh, we Chris, did, we did. Especially the Jesus episode. Huh, we've been swimming. In your, your clothes. It's chilly. Is there a baby here? Uh, no, there was, but it's gone. We will air it out. Do. <laughs> so, that was fun. And then we were going to do this podcast uh, a few days ago. And then we had to kind of do this, which is basically bringing uh, impact. Take two. <laughs> because yeah. we spent close to an, we got an hour into recording and realised we didn't talk a single bit about impact at all. No, we just... We, we started out talking about restaurants and, went, and then drinking and then Christmas... Christmas. And then we had a good old giggle about Home Alone. <laughs> but the thing is, like, the last few shows we've had to basically be like preparation notes and all that. And we haven't had a chance to do kind of that get kind of rambling as we usually do. But we do ramble bits about the subjects we are ram- we are. Yeah, but damn on. it, that, that, that was a classic ramble, I think, Scott. It was like yeah. we just started talking. <laughs> like, the thing is, that's part of the reason why we are pushed back to the exhibition bridge, because I have a feeling that we're only going to get to like the first few years of it. Yeah. So we're maybe going to do that in two parts, you know. It's going to probably be less parts than the like and the one we did the rich bit of the entirety of Impact, but yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be over like two parts. But the thing is, because we had to do that, we got we've already recorded this Tuesday intake because we were very drunk when we recorded. That's coming out at the end of the year. Yep, and I really look forward to you guys hearing it. And then we got this, which I had to make a fair bit of notes for because I had I hadn't watched Impact in a while. Then I had to mm. catch up. Then watched Turning Point, and you know, for another podcast on ESR, I've been watching quite a bit of New Japan because they've got a big thing happening in December. And then preparing for Wrestle Kingdom that started January. What is the thing they have? And uh, they've been doing that. They've been doing like a couple of their big tournaments where they've had to do them very, very close together with their their Super Juniors tournament, their World Tag League tournament. Ah, right. So I did kind of watch those shows so we can do the big roundup because Wrestle Kingdom's at start January and everything. Is that something along with Impact that you quite enjoy as in New Japan? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. Kind of, I think because of this and because of the show I do on ASSR with my pal yeah, Grant, which is a good book. They really do it once or twice a month over there. Yeah. But there's usually a lot to watch for, for that show. But for a while, like in the last year or so, Impact and uh, New Japan have been my main forms of wrestling. Yeah. Right and kind of highlights of all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm much the same. I'm I'm ex- well. I'm exclusively Impact, yeah. pretty much. I do I do occasionally browse the highlights of the dub, but you know, just most yeah. of the time, that just annoys me now. But like the reason that's why I get so excited when people from the Forbidden Door like 
people who come in from New Japan. That's why I get so excited when yeah, I see them. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have yeah. we have someone in that regard to talk of. Yeah, we you do. Know? Yeah. And sadly, because of he had to be in World Tag, he could not stick around more longer than he than I hoped he would have. Yeah, I assume. Are we talking of Jai White? No, oh, I was talking about Minoru Suzuki. Oh, Minoru Suzuki, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, well, he's still in the US as Jay White, but he's been like doing white stuff for the New Japan like US shows. Yeah. Uh, so I, was, I was mildly disappointed. Like, I, thought, I thought he was really quite cool when he came yeah. in. And he came in and he really did. He did what he was there to do. He elevated Chris Bay uh-huh. and got him. Like, not like he wasn't over already, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But he got him proper... I think he was there because they were starting the thing with Finn. I think it was there to promote the fact that they were doing it show in August in Japan where he was going to fight David Finley. So they were kind of doing the thing with Finn just kind of promote, co-promote that thing. Uh, but Impact always have a really good habit. Like, if we're going to bring a person in, like uh, a guy or a woman or a team in, if we yeah. only bring a team in, they always, whilst promoting that person, they always manage to make it work for them too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not a lot of companies can do that well. Well, like, so what I'm trying to say is that we had those, like this, Frasier and this two days, those are three shows close together that I had to make a lot of notes for. Uh, and then also a lot of stuff I had to watch for, plus that, and Christmas, and also my my uh, my day job and everything. Yeah. I'm, basically, I'm trying, I, I was trying to cut down and push back that, that X Division show because there was one less show in December that I had to watch a lot of stuff for, making a lot of notes for. Yeah. Because with everything else going on, I'm trying to avoid burnout as, as much as possible. You don't you don't need burnout, that yeah. would suck. It's very easy to get that when, when you're bogged down and when you end up like me, is heavily involved in the podcasting you, world I've ended up being. You, you don't want to end up becoming a jaded alcoholic. That'd be terrible. No, no, no. We, there's nobody like that around here, no. Hey. No, no. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not jaded. <laughs> Uh, you're fine. I'm uh, perfectly fucking perky, me. The Suzuki was in Impact as well for a, a brief spell. He was at the tapings post um, for Cody. Yeah. He did have to go back before, because uh, the, the day of turning by, I believe, was when the World Tag League started. And he's been teaming in that alongside uh, Takamichi Noku. Nice. Who, uh, who went away from New Japan, ran suddenly a couple of years ago, and now he's come back. He's earning his way back in. And uh, I only recently found out through my friend Grant, who I call those East Meets with us. East meets with with is that apparently Taka got caught shagging some promoter's wife, <laughs> which is part of the reason why he was he went away. <laughs> Dirty mad shagger. Mm-hmm. Taka was shagger. <laughs> Taka was shagger. It's funny. Oh God, Michinoku driver. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> what's and what's funny enough is that Kevin Kelly from the WAF, uh, who then went on to do a lot of stuff for Ring of Honor, the content now is the main like English commentator for New Japan. Hey, hey, and it's cool. funny to see him as the commentating over a Taka match in like 2021 just thinking because he, he brings up the fact that he was there in the WF as like just a backstage guy Aye. back in like 97 when Taka won the WF like heavyweight title a retrospective of which we've got in our back yes we do when and, Taka won that original red strap mm-hmm. beautiful looking championship I thought so it was cracking mm-hmm. but it feels like so much has, has happened and we're going to get into everything that did happen but we were already we were, very, we were full with praise and we did most of our rambling and what we went up to in yeah. the last pod, so that's why we're getting into getting down to business but this we, time yeah, around. We have, we have lots to cover. We have stuff that has happened, stuff that we, I assume, hope uh-huh. happened, and stuff that we're going to be focusing quite quite a lot on. I have stuff personally that uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. quite intrigued about. Like the, the whole thing with VBD mm-hmm. is really interesting to me because I'm going by a statement I saw in a recent impact. Uh-huh. 
And I, I would like to think from that statement, I assume what VBD are going to try and do a little bit of running roughshod over mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling, you know what I mean? Because they don't, they don't seem to be fucking around now. Yeah. They... And with the power of having EY back fit, yeah. that's solid, you know? Uh-huh. That's solid. So well, we're going to delve into the world tale here. I've kind of split up into sections as I like All to right, do. All right, right, good, good. Uh, and something we were very, we're very proper. Thank you. I got my notepad out and everything. <laughs> like one thing we were filled with praise for last time we were in was the way that they ended Ben Fergori with this, the sheer bastardry of Miss oh. pinning Josh Alexander in front of his child. Yeah. The child and his wife were still in the ring oh, when the bell rang. I, I was so disheartened by that because I swear to God, and I think it was either you or Brian that said, always watch for the logo coming up. When the logo comes up, you know it's safe. <laughs> but Josh Alexander won it and he was celebrating. He hugged his kid. He stood up on the corner uh-huh. and I was just so, I was overwhelmed and happy for him. Uh-huh. And I was like, Yes, fucking Walton Weapons won it. Uh-huh. And then that big nasty bastard <laughs> yes. came in. And, that, and that's what I said the last time. He's supp- you're supposed to hate this because he is a bastard. He's, He's a supposed big, to be. Nasty bastard. Okay. And he came in and I went, I seen it happen. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my heart, I thought, no, 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 no. He's going to cash in this call your shot and Josh is going to fuck him up. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll be all pissy and then it'll start program. Uh-huh. And there'll be a feud between them. Like the glorious champ walking weapon against that nasty fucker. Uh-huh. You know, I wouldn't have minded even if he'd eventually beat Josh. Uh-huh. But to beat him three minutes after he'd fucking won it in front of his kid. In a seven second match, by the way. Seven seconds fell to well that went. Asshole. I is an asshole. Total asshole. I mean, you kind of combine that with this other section I've got. The first two things I've got are like missing the world title and. I took this from something else, so I can't claim this is my own. Okay, okay. I, I claim this other section as the trails of Alexander, and I really like how that's been played. And yeah. I'll explain more to that, but, but I can I can't claim that as my own. The one thing I will say, even though Moose is a big nasty bastard mm-hmm. and a, a scoundrel, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a classic word for a fucking scoundrel. <laughs> but even though I must say his current look with his beard mm-hmm. suits him, he does. And I thought honestly. Seeing some of the way his facial expressions are, mm-hmm. it reminds me of Black Randy Orton. <laughs> Not with some of the like facial it. expressions. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that he's got a goatee mm-hmm. that's making that work. Uh-huh. Like, with a goatee, I don't know if it's just... His face doesn't look as big as it usually does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he usually is this big, imposing-looking guy. But the, the facial the facial fuzz has made his fucking it's changed his whole look. Mm-hmm. He looks more he looks more serious and more, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the fucking man. You know what I mean? And, and along those lines, one of his first things that he did afterwards is he came out and he's he's, he's sit on with the world title, which looks so good on. Ah, him. It really does. And it we really do does. that. We do it with because we've seen how good the TNA belt looked on oh, him. Bastard <laughs> comes out and he cuts this kind of a shitty. Promo ah, yeah, that promo was bitching. About how he is the biggest world champion. He's the most important world champion. I just, I just like, it doesn't matter what tribe you're the head of. What day of the what week. What day of the week it is. If you're the man, the, the woman, the queen. Whatever you are, yeah. I'm the fucking champion. And I, the minute I heard that, even though I thought it was a cunt. He's like, or he said, it doesn't matter if you think you're elite. No, no matter, even though I think he's a bastard for how he won it, uh, I thought... Aye, 
You fucking tell them this. You get lay bastards to help. Because that's consistent with think Because now he's, he said also in a post, like a wee video post, went through with it, he said now he is now officially can call himself Mr. Impact Wrestling because he is the Impact World Champion. Yeah. And... I think that'd be a hell of a fucking fight, that. What? Moose against Reigns. Oh. That's Big E, like, like to say, Big Tumbini Man, slapping meat. Big E does make a lot of questionable statements. <laughs> but it is, basically. And yeah. The thing but with Alexander. Can you imagine that, though? Mm. Moose not only fought Reigns, <laughs> but beat him for his title, <laughs> and the Impact Champion standing with both of them. That gives, that gives you shivers, doesn't it? If you imagine that PAC, definitely him. Like, I was going to say, I remember he he was kind of the guy who kind of sent Bobby kind of packing when Bobby Lashley left him. Yeah. I'd love to see them go again because Bobby Lashley is going to be, he's in his early 40s, Bobby Lashley, but you never yeah. know what looking at him. Oh, no, no. And like, I think he misses maybe his mid-30s as well, so, you know. You wouldn't, you wouldn't question Bobby Lashley, no. though, because he's a very big, scary, scary man. Scary man. See, whilst misses... Mm-hmm. A very tall and very athletic, muscular yeah. guy. Bobby Lashley is just a wall of muscle. Mm. A scary wall of muscle. And they seem to be keeping Alexander away from the title for now. Uh, but they do seem to have enough people in the main event scene right now that can be good enough for Moose and don't not seem fo- totally like filler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you've got you've got Eddie, you've got Cardona, yeah. you've got Morrissey. Because then they, cause they had uh, Eddie always beat Morrissey and Cardona and Triple Threat here and that shot, they shot a, a turning point. Yeah. And what would end up being a full Metal Mayhem match, which is basically a TLC match in Impact regards, which is why I'm confused. Why didn't they hang the belt up? With it? Yeah. Did it go the whole full hog with it? But it was good with that because... it. It helps delay, you know, the satisfaction of seeing Alexander get the belt back. Um, it also ties a bow on the feud that Eddie and Moose were having pre mm-hmm. for Cody. I must ask a question, though. Yeah. If, well, it's a two-parter question in regards to us. You talk about the people they have. Yes. A, it's regarding Sammy Callahan, right? Uh-huh. A, when do you assume that Sammy will be back ring fit and... When he is, do you think he will be injected into the title scene? I think it was like a knee, like a really serious like knee injury that he got. Yeah. So I think like there was a minimum of like six or so months. So, so maybe the same amount of time as EY was it? I'd, I'd, I'd probably say so. So this is it was October or September taping. He got the injury to so October, and so maybe around about April, the pay time potentially, or sometime after that. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to see that maybe by Slammiversary next year he'll be back. That'd be good, especially if he makes like an epic, you know. And, and it would depend who's the world champion right now because, you know, seeing him go right back into the mix with Moose I think would be interesting, but yeah. I don't know if he, if like Alexander's the champion by then. I don't know if you want to have those two go at it straight away. I mean, they're down the line match between those two, mm. definitely. But right off the bat, I'm not too sure about. See, I'm curious, like, see if... Callahan comes back, like you say, around about Slammiversary time. Yeah. They say the title does want... You know how sometimes when I, they I think, I think maybe him come in against Musa Morrissey because you can kind of say and give you that they were the ones that took him out. Yeah, So he can yeah. kind of carry that on. But, mm-hmm. just throwing this one out here, right? Sure, sure. Musa's got it, uh-huh. right? Say... Like, we've got options here because yeah. all that triple threat coming up, right? Mm-hmm. As much as I likely do, I don't see Cardona winning it. Uh-huh. Right, I, I really like Cardona. I like so his whole I, I love thing. I've loved Cardona for you know? a long time. Yeah, Long Island Z. But I mean, <laughs> he's got seriously, he looks seriously much bigger, not just in terms of that, but he, really, even though he's against Mr. Morrissey, 
he looks a lot taller than he did in WWE. You think because they called WWE the Land of Giants, but like you don't actually notice Cardona's taller than you'd yeah. expect him. He's, he yeah. looks he actually started a little bit more or more over the last few like he could be in the main event, and I, I like the fact that Impact are giving him a shot. Oh so. hell yeah! But do you know do you know one thing I really do hate about Mark Cardona? Yeah. His collection makes mine look pathetic. <laughs> to be fair, he's got a bigger budget behind his collection. Though. I know, I know, but as a fellow collector of wrestling memorabilia, I'm like, you know. I know. But again, he he's he's been doing I think for quite a, a lot a lot longer I think than you have. Then like been. you like you say, he has a bigger bank balance than I do. He does, yeah. Which <laughs> I tell you, if I if I ever won the Euro Millions, I would fucking show him. I'm pretty sure the average person could live for a good few years. On just the amount, if you add it all together, on what Matt Cardona's probably spent on action figures and shit like that, you could, you, I could, I could take that money. I'd probably live for two years or at least on that. <laughs> I, I think if you if you give me a shot, and if anyone wants to give me whatever that money is and work it out, I'd I'll take it. No checks. <laughs> or fuck it, even just half. No, no, yeah. no, no, even half. I think, but like, or part of his collection for my collection. Yeah, Moose and Eddie in that a very cool <coughs> looking match at, at Turning Point. With Cordona and, and Morrissey getting involved because uh, Morrissey had a match with Cordona in which he cheated to win because Cordona went for his radio silence. Morrissey kind of did the thing where he kind of shifted him over. Yeah. And he accidentally took the ref out. Then managed to hit radio silence. But of course, the, the whole thing, oh, the BBC's got to win, the fans kind of along, but referee. Mm. And then Bloody Morrissey, even though he doesn't have to because he's a big bastard, he can go as low, he cheats. That's the thing that makes you hate Morrissey. Like, you're a big guy, and surely just in your ability, you could just get the win. Cleanly, but uh, now you choose to be a bastard. You could, you could throw one of the huge big boots you throw. Mm. But he chooses to take the low road, and that's what makes him a bastard. And that's now set up this this triple threat. Don't that hard to kill yeah. in January? It's going Honestly. to be Cardona, Morrissey, and Moose. I joked to you before, and it's a weird bit of alliteration. The final and you got Matt, Moose, and Morrissey for the world <laughs> title. And it's an interesting proposition because you got Matt, who's kind of been produced, portrayed as the underdog, but he did pin Moose in a tag match the other week, mm-hmm. and then. Morrissey afterwards kind of ended his association with by just booting him in the face. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. you've got these two unsolvable big guys and Matt, Matt caught in the middle with them. Morrissey's you know, not working with him the same way. He's out for himself again. So it does create an instant dynamic. I mean, I think Miss will definitely walk out with the belt. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see how they put the match you know, together. I think it, I definitely think it's going to be one of the matches mm-hmm. where you're going to be right on the edge of your fucking seat, though, yeah. because there's going to be so many near falls. Uh-huh. And, and I... I definitely believe, and we were talking about Eric Young. Yeah. I believe mm-hmm. that Violent by Design might have a, a hand in that. Ooh. Because EY's fit again. Mm-hmm. They fully intend to get their tag belts back. Uh-huh. We, we often forget that EY is a former champ too. Mm-hmm. And... Fully capable now of being back in that title scene. I believe a triple crown champion, because I don't know if he was counted in terms of Freebird rule, you know, he was injured when they won the tie belts, but yeah. I'm sure he's won the tie belts at some point in his long career in TNA. Yeah, but yeah. I know he's a former X Division and world champion, so, you know, I believe he is very much a triple, one of the triple crown winners. I'd have to say, Isn't you know, he a knockouts tie champion as well? We don't talk about that. <laughs> and Dino Tino technically crowned himself as a knockouts champion at one point. Do you remember really? he was he was in he had a running like oh nine where he and ODB teamed in a tie match against the beautiful people for the knockouts title because he got the win despite not being a woman he went around claiming he was the knockouts champion until the following month where ODB battered him and then claimed the belt so ah. so you got an, 
So you got Violet Madden, you got Big Joe Doran, and then you got Eric Young, former Knockouts tag champ, and Diener once claimed that he was the Knockouts champion. But if you're being sensible, you've got a triple crown champion, mm-hmm. plus you've got Diener, who's a wee cycle. I know. And then you've got that big cycle and a cowboy hat. I suppose you were joking, you wouldn't go up to them and joke, ah, weren't you a Knockouts tag champ because they fucking stabbed at you? Yeah. But I also, I keep hearing rumours, these teeny little, you know, these teeny, teeny little teeny. rumours you hear. Teeny. You know, like, firstly, where has Jake something been? And, I know, he's, he's in a bit But then, mm-hmm. there is a rumour, I keep hearing the, the little whisper of, is Jake something going to be brought into the VBD fold? I think he'd be better off, because as, as, good as, he, as good as that match was with uh, Alexander uh, Emergence, mm. he's not really done much since. But he hasn't, like... He needs to, he needs to do something. <laughs> but what? What, he, what will Jake something do? Something. I something. Don't know. But S- no. Something is doing nothing right having now. Having both the Ladinos mm-hmm. in VBD. Would you? Would you have him cut his hair as well? I really think? wouldn't want him to. Why does Joe Doran get to keep his hair? Because he's not really got nothing to lose anyway. Well, why did Rhino get to keep his hair? I don't know. What, what are the rules here with the cutting of hair here? I don't get it. Someone explain it to me. Well, <laughs> EY needed a wee sort of scrappy do looking version of himself. That's why. <laughs> he does kind of look like that. Eh? Yeah, he has a, even when he's in the ring now, he's got a whole, let me at him, let me at him. I think, going back to the tour that Mark Cardona, he had that thing with Moose, but they were going back and forth and uh, Moose was kind of looking down like, you're not even on my level, like, yeah. you're, you're mid-Cardona, he called him. Yeah, and he's like, I think this is going to last as long as your IC title reign. It lasted a full day, so you think this is gonna, the match is going to last a full day, do you, Moose? Mm-hmm. Not, not really thinking that through, are you? Yeah, but that was a bit of a low ball, man. I know. But then, I mean, uh, but I like that Mark Cardona is like, call me mid Cardona one more time. And then mid sense he goes, fuck you, punches uh, him in the face. Yeah, he slapped him, he took his own then battled him. Aye. But no, nah, that was, uh, talking about Mark Cardona, <laughs> that was probably one of the shittiest decisions I've ever made. Like, mm-hmm. give him this grand, massive moment at WrestleMania, and then the next day have him fucking lose it. Mm hmm. What was the point of giving that moment in the first place? Like, and it's really sad when you, even when you watch the W twenty four they made about because he gets one of the spotlights so out, even though he wasn't technically meant to be in that that ladder match originally. And then it was when actually he had cancer when he was a kid, when he was like a teenager, they overcame it and then yeah. he's gone on to have this career and everything. You think everything he's working, he deserved a bit more than that. But I think Loki, he has a probably out of most people, he is had one of the best twenty twenty ones of anyone because oh, yeah, yeah. he had this he said this in Impact. He had that thing with GCW where he became the biggest heel in that kind yeah, of thing. the Deathmatch King. I uh, even referred to him still that, and the fans in the arena were calling him the Deathmatch King. Yeah. He's got that feud in, in GCW with Effie, whose jacket he wore at, uh, at Turning Point, the big pink jacket with the spikes come out. Uh, yeah. uh, he showed up in the NWA recently, attacking Trevor Murdoch and holding up the NWA belt. So yeah. can you imagine Matt Cardona, NWA champion, him? I don't care what anyone else says about history in NWA. I fucking want it. Make it happen. <laughs> he's like teaming up with Mike Knox, gonna be his like backup in NWA. Going like Mike Knox. Aye. Christ. He's like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, me and Trevor. Trevor Murdoch's the the <coughs> NWA champ. Goes, me and Trevor, we go back a long way. I just, and what were you doing holding up the belt? I just want to see if it really did weigh ten pounds. They call it a ten pounds to gold. Mm. I'd say it's about eleven pounds, maybe. I <laughs> 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 uh, I just. Well, like the fact he's so good as like he's like the number three maybe at the moment, baby. Mm. He's kind of an impact right now, but he's a really great heel everywhere else he's, he is right now. Yeah, I hear rumours that people are suggesting an impact on them heel because mm. um, 
they're saying that him and Chelsea Green would make a great heel power couple. Oh, I think they would. Yeah. I definitely think they would. I think Chelsea's better as a heel. Matt can go either way, I think. Never heard that about him. Dreams <laughs> their own, 25 <laughs> But the thing that's in the fact that, you know, Alexander's kind of been kept out for now, uh, where like, he had this segment where I think it was Brian Hebner, he had him, got, got, it's got him words backstage and then back after him going, he's got. Brian yeah. by the scruff of the neck then why did you ring the bell when they were still in the ring and he was go- he's gone mental mm. and he- he's wanting the rematch but he's kind of been kept away from it for his own good because like Scott Demore tried to help him get his emotions get in check and so there was a really cool six man tag me event uh, the second Empire after Brentford we had Morrissey, Moose and Minoru Suzuki mm. against Alexander Cardona and Edwards a really cool like six men. They made the most that they could out of the two days that they had Minoru Suzuki there. Oh yeah, because then it seemed like Alexander had one eye on Suzuki, one eye on the world title, mm. and because uh, you see him back, he's watching when uh, Suzuki absolutely murdered Caleb with a K. <laughs> <laughs> like Caleb was really cool on tour when they made, they felt the announcement of the match was happening, and he was like, "Wait, what? I didn't sign up for this." <laughs> Like when, like, Spy- like in the first Spider-Man film where he's in there with Macho in the cage, I'm like, I didn't sign up for a cage match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, so then in the go-home impact for Turnpoint, yeah, this match, Alexander v. Suzuki, which mm. I believe they said was the final match that they taped on the second night of tapings. And I don't know about you, but it's lived up, up to my expectations because it's just two guys <laughs> just pattering yeah. each other. And what did you think of Suzuki, you know, this... Crazy Japanese man who could still kick your ass to people punch him in the face and he just laughs at you. Well, aside from visually <laughs> thinking that he just looked like a crazy old man in his pants, because I, I, and I wouldn't dare say that to him because he'd kill me. Oh yeah, yeah, he would. You know, I have much respect for the guy, but he <laughs> does look like that crazy old guy in his <laughs> pipe in his pants that just wants to fight. Aye. You know what I mean? <laughs> he comes out and he's all like. Mm-hmm. old and mm-hmm. Asian and looking like he's an old man staggering about in his yeah. pants, you know what I mean? But then you see him fight and you're yeah. like, I am not going to call him that. Yeah, you wouldn't call him <laughs> his face. I'm not going to say, I'll, if you were out of his face, you go, man, you look great. <laughs> you look grand, you look the best, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, and I just like the fact that he, he dares you hit him as hard as he can, you hit him and he just does this maniacal laugh yeah. and he hits you right back. Yeah. He does like the figure with like the sleeper hold, and then as soon as you get limp enough, he grab he turns you around into the Gotch pile driver. Mm. I think he was actually a student of Carl Gotch as well. Ah. there you go. He's like kind of one credited one like the pioneers of like MMA in Japan and everything. Mm. As I said before, fucking tapped out Ken Shamrock at one point in like a legit shoot fight they had one time. So you know he's 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 legit as big Suzuki, and so I think there was a lot. I and mean, I hope at one point they can bring him back in. And I'm, I'm, but I'm glad that they, they gave him Josh Alexander while they could because mm. I said to you before, whenever someone says about somebody possibly going impact and they ask me, who do you want to see them face? No matter who it is that's coming to come to impact, I'd say Josh Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I remember back in the day, Sean Waltman and like WCW or WRF, like across this one, two, three, and I think Fox was basically used as a measure stick, basically like, let's see if this guy can get a good match. Stick him in with Sean because if he can't get a good match with Sean, then yeah. you're probably no good. Uh, as, as fair or as unfair as you might feel that be but mm. I think that's what you can say Josh is like if he can come in and if he can't have a good match with Josh Alexander then make quite how good is this person yeah true true <laughs> but then he shows up at turning point after beating Suzuki it's like why am I not booted why am I not getting that tail I want the tail hard to kill and out comes for, first, first name's called Jonah Rott then goes to WWE and NXT he has a decent run as Bronson Reed wins the North American title 
we think he's going to get called up, and then Vince decides he doesn't want to call him up and thinks, ah, if I'm not if I'm not calling him up and I can't have no use for him, I can sack him. And then he comes back as just Jonah, mm. and comes out and proceeds to demolish Josh Alexander. <laughs> yep. He's like, it's, it's, it's lands on fucking does the sentons and just a big man splash off the top, and he's a he's a big boy, he's a big. Yeah, and then proceeds to wipe Josh's blood on his t-shirt. Yeah. He's like, fuck you. He was like the top the top dog and everything. He had a squash match against this very skinny looking jobber on impact and just killed the guy. That guy's not a jobber. He's the guy that was beat up by EY when he was first fit again. Right, but he's, he's basically been used in jobber matches. So. Ah, he has, but he he's been on the telly. He's about as popular as Manny Lemons. <laughs> But so he just squats this guy and like Josh Alexander comes into a rocky Larry D match and just comes out and just drops through heat on his back yeah. and just like oh, he's dying across the knee and everything. Lawrence D. Sorry, Lawrence D. Yes. But he comes out and just basically calls out Jonah and Scott and Worth trying to calm down. So they set the match up. Two big horses at, at Hard to Kill Josh versus Jonah. I'm really like that. And that's what like the trails of Alexander or somebody called that. Like, because like the idea of like he, just, he has to go through like. He's like guy like Suzuki mm. through Jonah, all these obstacles to eventually get back to Miss. I'll be honest, I'm starting to see mild heel traits in mm. Alexander, like due to frustration. Yeah. Because he does seem like he's getting, mm-hmm. you know, he. it's not an, an out and out heel thing, mm. you know what I mean? But I do think he's starting to go that sort of Randy Orton way. Uh, I think it's kind of the frustration, but I think he's still popular enough. Like the fans, when he was coming out battering Rohit and everything, and like getting in the face of Scott Demore, even though Scott Demore's trying to calm him down and everything, mm. he still had loud walking weapon chants. Yeah. So he's still very over, so I think they'd have to do something like big in the next few months to officially have the full blown turn, have the fans turn against him, which I actually think don't go all the way with it. Don't make him full on heel, I don't think, because. I said to you before, you're, you've got a man position where you can set him up to be the face of the company for like 2022, 2023, be your top baby face here if you do this right. If you have him randomly beat up Annie Lemons or Sam Beale, <laughs> I, I would be very disappointed with him. <laughs> Especially if you beat up Sam Beale. But you're like his mum, Josh, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I'd be just disappointed just and dis- would make me slightly upset. So well, I'd be like, what did we Sam be level date you was he's pair? Do you think do you think Josh is gonna win it hard to kill? You know, Jonah's still fairly new. Do you think Jonah will beat him into a rematch where cause it seems like Jonah's wanting to go for the world title because he showed up at uh, the New Japan show Battle in the Valley where Moose won a match over Juice Robinson and then Moose, Jonah came out, battered Juice Robinson and kind of just squared up to Moose. Mm. But, and it seems like he's taking out Alexander because Alexander he sees Alexander as an obstacle to get to Moose. Yeah. So I think at some point they're wanting to do Jonah versus Moose. And the the battle of guys with only one name. Mm. <laughs> so, how do you see this going between those two? Hmm. It's Alexander and Jonah. Yes. Uh, very interesting. I think it's too early to tell at the mm-hmm. minute because, you know, you could go down the route, Jonah's a new guy. Yeah. He needs to be established. That would definitely establish them if Josh would put him over. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But in the same regard, you don't want to know put Josh over him. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to make that mistake with Dub make yes. a lot of the time by building a guy up and then, mm-hmm. you know, dropping the ball. But then there's also maybe somebody said, like, like on one of the Impact Plus specials in like February, March time, Jonah is like the challenger for miss, then losing. But then Josh gets his rematch later on over Jonah to help further elevate him. Cause, but before he gets his rematch against Jonah after losing to him, yeah. he's a. Uh, He's at the point where he's now even lower and has to come back even further. 
it depends how long they want to pull this out for because there's the three options you either do it in April, I'm assuming will be Rebellion, or I find it weird calling it Rebellion because when I think of Rebellion, I think of that weird UK pay per view WWE used to do. Yeah. Or do you, do you take the risk of stretching it out and trying to test how long the fans will remain invested in it and stretch it out to Slammiversary? Only if we can do it well. Mm-hmm. Only if we can do it well because, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fine balance, mm-hmm. you know. Because like I say, you don't want to devalue Josh, mm-hmm. and you don't want to over push Jonah. Yeah, you know because whether whether you're lowering a guy's yeah. pull or trying to elevate a guy, mm-hmm. subtlety is the key. Yeah, you know. I think there's every chance that the match between them could be a no contest because I have a feeling somebody most likely missed or somebody might get involved. Mm. I think there's every chance of that. Like, we'll find a way to get the match done without mm. making either guy look too weak. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think there's every chance it could be like a ref bump or mm-hmm. interference or some kind of chicanery. You know, what I, mean? I don't I think it'll it. be. A, I don't think it'll be a straight up mm. win or loss. Yeah, okay. You know, we're going to the main event scene, the knockouts. So there's a lot, lots been happening there because, and I know you don't like her, but let's drink it several here. Uh huh. Mickey James is the champion, which, have you noticed the recent change here? They're calling it the Knockouts World Championship. Yeah. Is that a recent thing? That is a recent yeah. thing. I think that is to do with like, the fact that Diona was going and defending it in Mexico and places like that. Mm. So I'm assuming. But no, it's, I think it's good. It helps further get all the like It's not just another title. It's a World Championship yeah. as well. No, I'm not, I don't want... I want to be you know professional here and yeah. be business-like. But to be honest with you... I'll hard to kill. Mm-hmm. If and it's a in my opinion it's a very big if. If Mickey James mm-hmm. puts on a competent match, yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. in a sense earns mm-hmm. the fucking title because I don't believe she earned it in that first match. That match was quite below par. But if she actually if she retains but actually puts on a match mm-hmm. that's worth of retaining, yeah. I'll say fair enough, I don't like you, but fair enough. But Diona shouldn't have to and I I know there's gonna be a lot of fans of Mickey that'll disagree with me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe Diona should have to carry her in a match. Uh-huh. Because that's what I basically believe happened in the fucking first match. I believe Diona carried her. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I just don't think Mickey James Deserves to be the Knockouts World Champion. I don't think she's earned it. I think Mickey will either lose it to Diona, or if that doesn't, if somehow that doesn't happen, it will be whoever wins this Knockouts Ultimate X. Yeah. And they're doing. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But you know, Mickey had the did a tail defense against Marisol Rio and Empire, which was Crap. there. <laughs> yeah, she had a match. <laughs> it was there. She, it was a thing. Uh, she had a match, her match with Mercedes as Mercedes was earned the right in the knockouts knockdown tournament, which wasn't my favourite match at Turning Point, but I thought it was a very competent you know, match between the two. The idea of, like, these are two women who have been doing this for quite a while and everything. Mm. And, like, the idea of, like, Mercedes, like, I do respect you, but this is for the title, so, you know, I'm not going to be friendly about this. Yeah. And Mickey kind of catches over that DET kind of a, almost an out of nowhere still thing uh, for the win. And then Diona, who they kind of smartly kept off TV, which I think given that Given she was the main focus of the division while champion for like nearly a year, mm. giving people a break from her well, while she goes and stews away, the, like she's angry that she lost and everything. <laughs> and I don't think it was a bit sad because she could start doing her a bit of a promo, like saying that 
she's going back to the trailer uh, hard to kill and you got most just of it I think she said started a sentence and the mic hadn't fully switched on yet <laughs> which was a bit sad like oh no this is a big turn I feel bad for you but I think even if she doesn't win, even though I'd like her to, even if she doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't think Dion will be any worse off because I'm going. I'll get to why later on in the podcast. Mm. I think Dion has actually got quite a bit going for her. Oh, she, yeah, quite for her that she can possibly go on to do in the company or elsewhere. No, she's she's definitely like you say got a lot. She's got a hand in many things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But definitely, I think if I'm honest, at this particular time, mm-hmm. Diona mm-hmm. is way more deserving of that title. Lynn Mickey James is. If any, I'm hoping, right, in regards to the knockouts title, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this is just a temporary thing. This is just a case of, right, we don't want to hog the belt. Let it, let's take it off her, put it on a name, mm-hmm. and then she'll win it back. I hope that's the situation. Uh, and also, like you said, uh, Ultimate X match for several knockouts won at for a title shot at the knockouts championship. I'm assuming they're going to do what they used to do. <sighs> Next vision where it's for a tail show where it's just a big X, big red X on yeah. the and you go in this match, Rachel Erling, Rachel Erling, Tasha Steeles, Chelsea Jordan. Green, Jordan Grace, Rosemary and Lady Frost, one of the newer additions to the company. Uh this not strong enough lineup, you know. I think either any of those could really win. I mean Jordan probably is the least likely given that she's got her own thing going on with mm. the, the digital media thing. Right now, Lady Frost, you know, I heard Remember, like, there was a whole thing when Ty, uh, Valkyrie got recently released from WWE, and we'll talk about releases later on, because we had, like, two rounds of releases since the last Impact episode. But uh, <laughs> there was a whole thing about her being in her late 30s and being seen as maybe too old for the current version of, like, NXT, mm-hmm. and that they were hiring, like, younger women. And apparently, Lady Frost came in and said, like, yeah, I was in I'm in my early 30s, and I did a try for WWE, and they said they weren't weren't hiring women my age, mm-hmm. like, which, which is really shitty. When you, when it you is, it is. You know, again, as I said earlier, Bobby Lashley's in the in a fatal force of the title at uh, day one, and I'm I like Bobby, but he's in his forties, so yeah, you know, the double standard here. But there's always there's always been a double standard when it comes to women's wrestling, particularly Absolutely. particularly in the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they've always we've ne- we've never shown what I would consider a proper respect for the women re- up until like the whole women's revolution thing and that. Yeah, but, but even, even now it's starting to fall by the wayside now. Even now they are the people who they who they they push and the people who they don't still. Yeah, like there were apparently the reading reports like when Becky took her time off and then she came back. She's been in top programs since she came back, but there were apparently reports of people saying like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait for Becky to come back because when Becky is around, because they like to push her, whoever like the women's division team slightly more seriously when she's here than when she isn't." Mm. Which is a that was when someone's actually coming out and saying that. Even though they were their name wasn't mentioned, it's still a damning damning indictment oh, of yeah, the main yeah. rosters, the main rosters booking of women. But looking at this, these six women, again, as I said Grace is probably not going to win that given the digital media stuff. But who do you like as an early prediction for this match? Do you think whether it's whether it's Diona or Mickey that they face? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my mind here. Mm-hmm. I can see Chelsea Green win it. I had that in mind as well. I think either Chelsea or Rachel. Yeah, I was going to say Rachel's wild card in it because yeah. she's, I mean, she's fucking, she's good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no denying that. Her character's still a bit mm-hmm. meh, but yeah. f- fucking ability-wise, she's really solid in the ring. I mean, really, actually, other than Grace, like I said, who I don't think won it, the other one, you could really, 
It's really a pick on the because you really see the others winning it for any, for mm-hmm. any number of reasons. Ro- Rose Mendy is a as a former champion. Lady Frost is a surprise as the newer mm-hmm. newer woman in the division getting it. Reed Trailing, they said, is mainly been kitting the tide division. Hasn't really had a one on one shot there yet. There's every chance though well, that Tasha Steeles could. Yeah, I was gonna get to like, yeah, like because you know? she's got the back of us. It's, it's a no DQ style match. So she's mm. got the, the advantage of having Savannah Evans. Savannah Evans in her corner who could back her up on that. So, like I said, there's all sorts of outcomes that could come of this, which is really good that you can keep that air of unpredictability. Yeah, I'll tell you though, going back to what you were saying about uh, the the difference, the disparity between you know yeah. older male wrestlers and older fucking women wrestlers. Yeah. I just like to cover that that particular thing is not the reason why I mm-hmm. have a problem with Mickey James. Uh-huh. My, it was nothing to do with her age, mm-hmm. you know, because there's plenty of women even older than her yeah. that can put on a good match. Mm. That is my main issue. I don't think she's done enough to show me as a fan that she's worthy of holding that strap. Uh-huh. I. I don't think she's a bad wrestler. Yeah. I really don't. I just don't think she's good enough. I, I get where you're coming from. You know? And that that particular thing uh-huh. is what made me so heated about it. Because I noticed it so many times in the dub. Mm-hmm. You know, always sticking a belt on somebody who, quite frankly, just cannot fucking carry it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Now, Mickey can... See, wrestling ability was based on passion. Yeah. Mickey would be the person, right? Yeah, she's yeah. got the passion, she's got the attitude, right? Uh-huh. I just don't think she's got the in-ring ability nailed in and the... Not even the ability, the pace, the match pace. Uh-huh. She's so... You know? I, I get you. You know? I get what you're saying. And it, it, it can be frustrating when, like... And she has been around for a long time and everything. And so I think it's worth the respect that some people give her. But I think when you're just on through all this brand the legend, they deserve it because they're a legend. But you don't see them... Backing up when you watch the matches that are in, yeah, yeah, I can see how, how that can be annoying for for you. And you know, who knows that maybe this is a kind of a brief kind of nostalgia run before she actually puts Diana over again or puts whoever someone else someone over, someone over, and that's because she has been very outspoken on how her belief in her her behind women's wrestling. She is because like she was behind that NWA All Women's Pay Per View. I think she was a big proponent in helping put together. Okay, it's not doing because yeah. she talked about how. She kept asking people why there wasn't a second evolution pay per view, and how somebody even W said like, "Oh, what more do you want me? Give you your own pay per view? It didn't draw well." Like basically, if they're saying they're using that as excuse to not do it again. Yeah. So I can see that, but like ultimately, this, this should be a short run for but her. You know, if you, if you're if you're as behind women's wrestling as you say you are, Mickey, then step back. I, I get you. You know, do what Gail Kim done. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. You you too can do an overly long Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, I'm get, still annoyed at her for that. Seriously, though, like if she is so behind women's wrestling, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to still be in the ring, still be in the goddamn ring. Yeah, you you're a legend in your own right. You don't need titles when you're at the stage you're at. Yeah, you know, because she clearly doesn't. She's had titles. She's built a reputation. She has respect in the business. You don't need a belt. Yeah, no. To have that respect, you you have that fucking respect, Mickey James. You know what I mean? Do Gail Kim still go backstage, mm-hmm. help build these new women, help yeah. build the division? Because you could do the thing that the WWE quite clearly in the long run failed. Uh-huh. You could build a competent, strong women's division with stars like 
fucking Savannah Evans, fucking Tasha Steeles, <clears throat> Jordan, Rachel, Lady Frost. I've seen so many people you know? out there who only, even those who only have a passing in them, but still say that they believe Impact have the best women's division going today, and I definitely agree with that. They really do. And speaking of things that they do that WWE seem to fail to do, having women's tag belts is something that Impact seem to do very well. Yeah. But they had the rematch with Decay going back after the inspiration, and a match that I thought was a lot better than that match that they had at Benfrey, where I was talking about how I wasn't taking out, there were a few, yeah. a few mistakes. Clearly they'd had time to kind of work out what went wrong. Work out the spots and oil out the crew. Yeah. Iron out the creases, as it were. I think, well, this, uh, I think the big issue is that was the first match that the Inspiration had probably had since leaving the WWE, and they'd been out of the ring like since then. And that yeah. was like April time, because they'd having to deal with other stuff like their podcast and making sure they could still stay in the country with visas and all that else because they're not US citizens and everything. Yeah. So they had all sorts of stuff to do. So I see they've gotten on a proper run of it, and they kind of redeem themselves that match because... Also, that inspiration theme song, it's like an year it's been stuck in my head since I watched Turning Point. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> it, it it's, it's stuck in there and it's going to be I, there for a long time. I haven't heard enough of it to have it bury itself into my ear. I'd, I'd avoid yeah. it, not because it's a bad song, but because if it if you do hear enough of it, it you will be in the same situation I am. Yeah, right yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's like real American. It is, yeah. Very every, every time you think of that, you start going... Yeah. Going back to another section, which I usually love talking about on these shows, but there's actually not as much to talk about as there usually would be, and that's the X-Division. Because the main thing really is around Trey, who he had a match on the following impact after Benfrey against Trey. Rocky Romero, which was a solid enough match. And then you had the whole thing with Laredo Kid earning his title shot at returning point, but then Macklin comes in and is going on about, <gasps> you didn't pin me, you pinned Phantasmo, I'm mm. still unbeaten and everything. So then he beats Laredo Kid in a match, and... And sitting in a triple threat, and Trey goes out his way saying, like, when we have the show, that I'm going to make sure I pin Macklin because so yeah. I, I don't want any more excuses. And then they had that triple threat at uh, uh, point, which is one of the best matches on the show because Dick's division has been knocking it out of the park oh, yeah, consistently. Yeah, yeah. And they, they did a finish which I've never seen before, but it does answer a question that I have thought about in regards to double pins. What happens when one man kicks it and the other doesn't? And we answer this question because. Trey does kind of this double cutter move or something like that, mm-hmm. he does, or like a meteor kind of move, where both guys are down, he pins both Laredo and Macklin. Macklin gets his shoulder up, but there if he can still see Laredo's is down, so he keeps counting. Yeah. And so basically Laredo kid got pinned, but Macklin gets his shoulder up, and so isn't pinned, but also he's too close and doesn't realise the ref's still counting, so he can't break it up. Mm-hmm. And so, and so and Trey looked actually disappointed, despite the fact that he won, because he realised that Macklin kicked out, so... Now Macklin can still have that claim that you can bitch about that I've not been pinned yet. Yeah, I've not been pinned. <laughs> you know, like, match right games, like, I've never seen someone that disappointed to win a match. <laughs> well, it does answer a weird question. Like, you've seen people do double pin before, like, and usually they're successful. But, like, what would happen if one person kicked out? Yeah, well, now you know they'll now still get counted because one guy's still down. Although, technically, yeah, it does te- technically, though, sorry to cut in on yeah. you there, but technically... If one get, if he's doing a double pin uh-huh. and one guy kicks out, then it should should it not be restarted? I think no, because I think it's the like first fall, maybe it's the first fall like where you get the first fall on you you win and you're like one fall you finish kind of thing. So if one guy kicks out, that's fair enough. So that guy's not getting pinned, but the other guy's still. I I do agree that maybe you should restart the pin, but you know, I think it was still this could have been a lesser <laughs> with lesser people involved in it. This could have. 
been made to look like the one I'm more confusing kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, that finesse they sometimes do where one guy's pinning somebody and hits a move on them. But it turns out, actually, no, your shoulders were down, so you get pinned even though you were doing the move. <laughs> that move, that finish is always looks super weird. This one, they managed to avoid the same footfalls as that, so I think they pulled it off fairly well. And I oh, think I think with the direction they're going, I don't think it's confirmed at time recording, but I have a feeling that it's going to be eventually Macklin versus Trey. Whether or not Macklin will finally separate his first loss or if Trey, if he'll keep this undefeated run going and actually beat Trey, is, remains to be seen. Mm. But, you know, something that I'm not enjoying right now is the tag team division. Because even though they've started actually building up a strong group, because you've got Bullock Club in there, you got Finn just coming in, doing stuff. Uh, you got the fact that EY, like you said, is back. And he's been, yeah. He and VBD have been doing stuff with Swan and Mac. And and like with, you, you say, they like, could easily do with Freebird rules. So. They've been doing stuff with Keith and Rhino and uh, Wally and Swan. you got the Learning Tree doing their own thing with uh, Zicky Dice and VSK. As a tag you got Sam Beal and Manny Lemons. <laughs> so you've got all these great teams, but who do you, who do you stick your bastard and belts on? The Fudd Brothers. <laughs> Aye. Who, like, weirdly, Phantasmo and Chris Bay earned themselves a title shot. Like, they won the number one contenders match, but it's Bay and Hikaleo that end up going on a turning point, probably because Phantasmo had to go back to Japan for the Super Juniors tournament. Yeah. But I would have liked to have seen Bay and Phantasmo as a, more of a team, but... And then, fucking Good Brothers cheat to win. They barely were doing anything on Impact before that, and then they've done fuck all since then. Like, like they're, they're not adding any value here with, this- with or without the belts. So why do you the, why do you still have them? Is this the argument that a lot of people and I agree with this argument that why put your belts on someone who is not there to defend them? Yes, well, like they were barely doing much of value before turning point. They've not appeared mm. since. Like with or without the belts, they're not adding any value. Just take them off. Like you've like you said, you've got so many people yeah, here. discounting those two idiots, right? Whereas a few teams that I think could quite easily hold the belts: VBD, Finjus, Swan, Swan Whack. Swan and Mac, the club, mm-hmm. you know. I know. Like, how good would it be? Like, even even uh, Rohit and Raj, Raj, but fucking <laughs> Matt Stricker sounded bored when he was calling the finish of turn point. Like, they did a, a treat thing that they'd done before, and like Carl Anderson stacks up uh, Chris B after Gallows has gotten involved, and Matt Stricker in the most disappointed, bored sounding voice <laughs> says, "They're gonna win, aren't they?" Because he's seen that page before, and basically, even he looks fed up. That he's maybe the guy that gets you hooked. Then he can get you hooked up on anything. Right, when Matt Stryker sounds bored, you know it's bad. Yeah. He gave it the same tone as Todd Grisham announced Christian's return back in two thousand and nine. <laughs> it's it's Christian. Oh yay! <laughs> but like you said you've got so much other good stuff going on in the tag division with so many more competent teams. We've got we've. I know it's not really one on the highest level, but you've got Stephen Torres. Oh yeah, you got Decay here who, are, you know? who aren't really doing anything. No, they weren't until they lost the tag belt. So you, you got you, know. you got you got Lawrence D now back, but AC's left. Yeah, so you don't even have them anymore. Triple XL. Got Ace and Fulton. Yep. Aye, but no. <laughs> Aye, but no. Aye, but no. But Alex Shelley has been appearing on Indies. He's going to be in PWG's Battle of Los Angeles. What the fuck? Why, 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 why isn't he coming back? He'll, do something with Sabin here. Get the machine guns back together. I get everybody fucking marked out when the guns came back. I know. I know they've got a crowd, so like, and Sabin's not even coming out to machine guns music oh, anymore. No, he's coming out to Sabin music. Aye, it's not even his good old hail hail Sabin music that he's coming out to either. Ah, but it's, it's decent music, you know. It's all right. But like, 
going to be doing so much work because the Thai division, I think, has taken a dive in the last few months and the good yeah. brothers being champions are and a big reason for that. Until they went and, until they broke up, Morrissey and Moose could have made a good tag team. It would have been a hell of a team, you know. Um, I did hell, you, even the learning tree could do a kind of a, a freebird kind of thing with Myers. Uh, Myers, uh, VSK, and VSK Ziggy and Dice. Ziggy Dice. Hell, have, have, the, have him keep, keep like, throwing them in the rules, have them do all the work, then he keeps tagging in the finish and doing and claiming all the glory and everything. yeah. yeah. Because he's maybe the re- the mentor or whatever and everything, so there's so much they could do. Like, but, there's so much I like about Impact. That when I see shit like this, it's what it pisses me off even you, more. Do you want to be an Impact wrestling writer? I would, yeah. Yeah. You don't even have writer. I think they've got three or four main people who are involved in the main like creative of it. I could just imagine two of us sitting there going, right, first of all, we're taking the belts off these bald bastards, and we're firing them and never bringing them back, and we're sending them a wee letter with fucking. Spit in it. There's your resignation letter, you Just, dick. Got Rocky in a minute here. Rocky, you want the good brothers? Aye. How long do you want them for? No, double however how long you want them to appear in Japan. Double that. Fuck off. Aye. <laughs> like, who we're putting the belts on? We're putting them on VBD. <laughs> right. right. Look, hold the bus right. Belts are coming halfway to bald cunts. <laughs> VBD, you're getting them. EY, you're getting the title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something, you're going with them. <laughs> Trey, stop being scrappy do. <laughs> be more serious, you wee dick. <laughs> I think it's when he tries to be Josh, serious. Josh, like calm down. <laughs> Josh. You'll get your shot, alright? You'll Josh, get a turn. Josh, simmer down. Right. <laughs> That's why, before I get to like main thing I want to talk about in regards to like... Ace, Fulton, for fuck's sake, do something. <laughs> Before I get into anything I want to talk about, but regards to the Impact roster and some things going on outside of it, yeah. well, I quickly do a quick summary of WrestleHouse, because the, the show after Turning Point was basically a one-episode thing all uh, on WrestleHouse, where it was like seven days before Thanksgiving, they wanted to, yeah. the whole goal of it was to make, cheer, make, cheer up Swinger. Cheer up Swinger before Thanksgiving and everything. I love how you had it, Father Mitchell as the narrator, and here are the main highlights. They're trapped in that big house, which turns out to be Lawrence D's house. Yeah. Uh, Chris Saban being sexy in slow motion. Who sexy Saban as the internet called him walking around in slow motion with shit, but only Cale with a K can see that he's walking around in slow motion. So maybe Cale with a K fancies him. And then Caleb's the only one who likes reality TV, but tries to hide that from Madison Rain. Yeah. And like basically at the third or fourth, third or so time that Saban does his slow motion walk, he's like, "Good dude, like here's a shirt. For God's sake, put on a shirt." <laughs> hey, I got teleported here without a shirt. It's not my fault. <laughs> there's a weird deal for Bravo's soul with him and Rosemary because he's maybe a virgin and then he reveals no I'm not a virgin I slept with one of the Swingerellas <laughs> and then he marries her at the end even though Swinger's going to be like nah man never fall for a reset as he says <laughs> instead of match time because Tommy Dreamer is in the doghouse right now they have Saban saying I love this match uh, so they randomly throw in Eddie Edwards for no reason oh like, yeah yeah uh, they talk about yeah, bringing back Willie Mack as downtown Daddy Brown but an older version Daddy Brown and he returns to him down back to per- teleport him back to Perkins Perkins or Perkins those are two different establishments and then Eddie Edwards says the same thing like Perkins or Perkins and Alicia looks at him like how do you know about Perkins um, you know that weird commentary team they had on that yeah they had you know, Father James and the, the Doctor who was the uh, guy with the painted face I don't know I thought he looked like that guy of like House of a Thousand Corpses you know no, it wasn't him. He's. I know what he looks like. Him. Right. I thought. I thought it was the blue meanie. <laughs> I don't know. You know the blue meanie crossed with like fucking Captain Lou or something. <laughs> I have no idea who that man was. Uh, the and then 
So then the so the Johnny Johnny Swan gets married. He's wearing Loka t shirt which I'm pretty sure is maybe a Tyre Valkyrie kind of reference. Yeah. And then they kind of joke at the fact they joke at the fact that people didn't like the first Wrestle House. Mm. People did. I liked it. I loved it. I think you, I think especially I didn't like Wrestle House too as much, but I think you have to accept the fact that it's not made taken seriously because the act some of the acting in this yeah. is subpar. Do you want to do? Oh, you mean when Alicia Edwards talks? Well, her and. Hernandez. Do you want to date for old time's sake? Match time! <laughs> I thought you were going to say my favourite line of the original Red House was. What was that? They took our beer! They took our beer! <laughs> they took our germ! <laughs> oh, oh, oh! They took our beer! <laughs> also, I love Black Taurus every so often just find seen in a room with the, like wearing shirts and reading books one kind of time because of Black Taurus misunderstood. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, he's drunk and he's like, no one appreciates the classics. Or like one time he, Caleb tries to use confession room and he grunts at him and comes up, mess with the black Taurus, get the horns. <laughs> I think so, Caleb like, he was getting a horn that saving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's slow mode during this finishing move, for uh, God's sake. I know, I thought that was cool as well. Yeah, I, 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 I. I think somebody's carrying a torch. <laughs> I love how Dwight Swinger beats uh, Lawrence D with like throwing his quote Fuji powder in his face and then he has another thing with white powder, powder in it later on where he's he taking stuff out of his fanny pack and he's got another thing with uh, with powder and he goes, oh, is that more Fuji dust? Yeah, yeah, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> so Dwight Swinger's carrying cocaine, basically. <laughs> they do, although they do the thing where they try to run for bedrooms and like seem like there's a, there's, it's a bigger house. Plenty of bedrooms for everyone. <laughs> it's a bit of daft fun. They're going to do another throwback thing like that period. I didn't get to watch the first one they did. I hope building wins. Building, uh, you got downtown daddy bringing you all sorts. I don't know all the other characters. They'll be a lot of fun. I know, it will be fun. You got, wrestling is inherently silly. And so sometimes when it's silly, you just got to sit back and enjoy it. Switch your brain off for a little bit and just yeah, laugh have along. Have fun, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But... Well, that's the thing that's awesome about wrestling too. It can be silly, and it can just like you say, switch off, enjoy this shit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at times it can be tense, and you can be sitting on the edge of your couch, even though you know it's scripted. Just sitting there going, "Kill him, kill him, kick him, kick him till he dies, kick him till he dies." Fuck you! It's like it basically is like watching a movie. You know, being really. sitting there going, "Ah." He must die! Oh, good! He won! <laughs> Killed him! <laughs> yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I did like the first wrestlers a bit more, but uh, going into some things I want to wrap up with this episode with is like talking about what's going on. Uh, going back to the like, getting you excited thing, it's like earlier when I was watching the first match of an Impact, of, I think it was this week's or last week's one, when it was the, the artist Ray Walt, yeah. you know, the drama king, mm-hmm. and. and the Virtuosa uh. versus Old Country Skank <laughs> and Sexy Saban. <laughs> and, you know, Mickey lost. Uh-huh. And I went, ha ha! <laughs> I was sitting watching it and she lost. And I went, ha ha, you lost, you bitch! <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, sometimes, you know, it'd be weird, you can have weird guys to me get invested in things. Like, I remember watching The Walking Dead and what, the main character's kid was very annoying that I was li- I literally rooting for zombies to eat a child. <laughs> which which is which it says something about me mentally that I got so angry at a fictional child that I wanted him to be eaten by fictional zombies. He never was very sadly eaten by the zombies, but you know. 
Well, I was like that the first time I watched the Green Mile and that nasty cunt stepped on Mr. Jingles. Oh, and I was like, yeah, I was like, you bastard. I was like, well, you should be stepped on, you cunt. But moving on from that, I want to talk about some stuff that's coming outside of Impact because uh, not only have we had, you know, come, uh, not only have we had Mark Cardona showing up in NWA and other places, we've uh-huh. had uh, Moose of Slate and Josh Alexander showing up at uh, New Japan shows recently, which we go on. I talked to Josh Alexander, he said he has much interest in appearing more for New Japan in the new year, mm-hmm. which I hope to see more of. Uh, maybe a rematch with him and Suzuki. But uh, recently, Who did you talk to? Josh Alexander. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> recently they had Final Battle, the kind of end of an year show, and they're hoping to come back in April as a more reformed. It's kind of almost a super indie kind of thing like it used to be yeah. with Ring of Honor. Uh, but the, the other interesting thing where they had uh, Roxy, I think is her name, is uh, literally R-O-K hyphen C. That's no, her no, name. Nothing, nothing. Uh, she's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. After her title defense at Final Battle, who should come in and confront her? But the virtuosa, Diana Perazzo. Ha-ha! Which is very interesting, <laughs> she wants a shot, so now that Ring of Honor is temporarily closed, but they can defend their titles elsewhere, because, uh, you know... They can. They get, get, they've been doing that and everything. Like, Mickey was defending her knockout championship at a recent NWA pay-per-view against Gear Hogan, which was oh, quite cool. Cool, cool. Uh, which is actually more title, matches, title shots than she got when she was in Impact. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the singles title, that is. Yeah. But, uh... So I mentioned that means if right, Roxy shows up in an impact at some point to defend the tail against Dionna, would, would Dionna end up winning the tail and showing back up in Ring of Honor when that starts up again? Mm-hmm. Which is why I was saying like maybe it doesn't matter if she loses to Megan because then she's got the Ring of Honor belt to go after. She's, she's still still the Triple A champion. She could, given the gender nature of the Digital Media Championship and the fact that the X Division title has no limits, she could go after either of them. Uh, the, the impact title has intergender too. Yeah, in a way. So she has other things she could go into. Which is what's quite interesting with the releases that have happened recently. Not only do we have a bunch of Ring of Honor people who are free agents, including Jordan Grace's husband and the new Ring of Honor world champion, Jonathan Gresham, mm-hmm. who could show up at some point, but uh, you've also got somebody who left a video message at the most recent Triple A show saying they were coming after the Triple A women's title and Diana Perazzo, which was the one tie of Valkyrie. The tease that she's won the Triple A belt and she wants Diana Perazzo again. Which I would very much and want to Swinger see. And Swinger was wearing a Loka t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. And, and, and she could bring Johnny Impact with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she only, she had like a short and non-compete then because she was in NXT. She had like 30 so he's got like 90. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So I think hers are technically up already, but his still got a wee, wee bit to go. I think his is up in like some point early February. Because we had like two rounds of releases. You got them, I think Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. Scarlet were in among that. Well, I, I did hear that Scarlet was saying that fuck impact. We're, yeah. ne- we're never going back. There. I, think, I think you know people have accused like certain people when things coughed on Callis of being a bit creepy around uh, Scarlet. Like uh. like Eli Drake kind of mentioned that he did a wee show for uh, for AWC. Like he mentioned impact. He was like there are two guys working behind the scenes. One of them I think he referenced Scott Demore is like very hard working and doing his best. The other one, where is he at? I don't know. Find where Scarlet is. You'll probably find him. No, so, if if Callus is no longer associated with him, but well, yeah. would it not be cool for Scarlett and Carrie to come back? Who knows? Who knows? You know, and Scott Scott seems like he's a kind of business guy that like could quite easily talk somebody into yeah the show. You know, hopefully. So you know, you got uh, Ty and Johnny who have got a connection. You know, you got Keith Lee who recently got Lego Baffle and yeah. William was in Impact for I don't know if she had a knockout title reign, but she was in the mix 
when she was called Jade previously in, in Impact when she was there originally. Yeah. But I assume she'd come back as like, it's just Mia Yim. That'd be cool. You got people from Ring of Honor, like I said, who could come in. And then recently EC3 was at Ring of Honor and he, at the end of a six-man tag, he came out to him and went, release the Titan and out came Buddy, the former Braun Strowman. Yeah. He just battered everybody and they said that those two will be kind of a unit together going forward. So imagine those two showing up in Impact as a tag guys. team. Preferably to batter the fucking good brothers. That's cool. Or imagine a face off Strowman or Titan as he's now known and fucking Joe Doran swearing off each other. That'd be Titan and Morrissey. Titan and Moose. I tell you they've Titan and Jonah. They've got a fair collection at the minute, and I've said it multiple times of big men and uh they're on we big men division <laughs> in Impact right now. But we have also got a nice mixture of big men, they've got big beefy bastards. Mm-hmm. They've got big athletic fuckers like Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. They've got hard DB bulldog type fuckers like Eddie Edwards. Like, and it's, and it's like we've got people who have like basically been let go from from like WWE who they could bring back. Some who have an established relationship with Empire. Some who are kind of looking for a new opportunity. Like you got Emberman who got let go as well. She could come in there at one mm-hmm. point. But then you got some like lesser known people who they're trying to help give a platform to like Lady Frost. They signed that speedball Mike Bailey who couldn't get into the US for five years due to visa issues. Mm. And now Scott Demore basically signed up at an indie show and basically said that you deserve a platform. He's not debuted on Impact TV yet, but I think when he does, he'll be a, a big deal for them. Mm. And then you've got people from Ring of Honor who basically, Ring of Honor said like you're basically free to sign whatever you want, like Brittany and Jay Lethal signed for EW, but then still came back for Final Battle because Bandido, who was the world champion, unfortunately... Was in contact with somebody who had COVID, so couldn't make the show. Mm. So they vacated the belt. Had Bandi- had uh, Gresham, who was going to get into the show, versus Jaylee. So they were former tag partners for the vacant belt, and then they still gave Gresham his moment. Well, that's cool. But then, so they could still have people show up, maybe even as champions, like have Gresham show up for a couple of months. Yeah. They team up with Jordan for a wee while, and then you know, go back to to Ring of Honor when they start up again. There's all sorts of like, and it'll be interesting to see who does and doesn't kind of pop up. No, in the next couple of months. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like I know Omega. I know was a big part of Impact the last he's, year. He's dealing with a lot of injuries. Nah, at he's he's having to take time off. He had to vacate the AAA belt. Yeah, recently, which is because that was the belt he won first. It was the one he held the longest, but he had he dropped. He had to vacate it before he could drop it because he was going to wrestle a guy called El Hijo de Vikingo, who was meant to be him before, and then they had to do this big five way where AW kindly let him let send Jay Lethal and Bobby Fish down there. Uh, who was recently signed, and then they also had Bandido there before he got COVID, and Samurai Del Sol in the five way, who was formerly Callisto. All right. And so basically, they said like, "Oh, sorry, we can't have you beat Omega right now, but here's four other very established names that you can beat and have yeah. your big moment." So they let that guy have his his moment. Because like, it's amazing how like whatever you think about Omega when he was an impact. He, you can't say he didn't have like outstanding matches, but oh, like, no, no, no. I think the fact that he was jamming a few motions ultimately, as cool as it was, is what caused all, all these nagging injuries that he has that was like starting to wear on him. Yeah. Apparently, he had like a it was either a knee injury or a neck injury going into these matches where he lost the eight, triple the AEW belt, the Angman. Yeah. If you watch the match, you can't really tell. And apparently, I found out recently since twenty eighteen, he's been dealing with vertigo. Which, if people don't know it, it's like an inner ear thing, which really fucks up your equilibrium. You can't, sometimes you can't really get your bearings. It's not in vertigo, that, vertigo is a height thing. Is it, I, think it's, I think it deals with your, like, it kind of, it kind of knocks you off balance, right? Yeah, it's yeah, quite, yeah. It can be quite, it, for a little deal. 
then you see the spots that <coughs> Kenny Omega does like off the top or flying outside his big like Terminator dive and everything. Yeah. And you watch him like try and tell me that fucker shows any signs of vertical. <laughs> true, true. Which is it's just outstanding. So, you know, fair to stay him and everything. But you know, are you, are you excited for kind of the idea of like seeing? More people showing up, maybe even some free agents showing up for a bit hard to kill time, or even being oh, yeah, yeah. hard to kill time. I just, I, I'm really excited to see who shows up and mm. all that shit. But it's just, I hope they do it, they time it properly. You know, what I mean, I hope it's properly done. Uh-huh. You know, that's my only complaint a lot of the time when new people come in. I just hope it's done. Mm-hmm. Right, you know. I, I don't really. Should mention a story from wrestlers. The reason they convinced the way they convinced Joyce Smith to consider getting married is having the kids even come in and and actually pretend to be Je- uh, Gene Simmons because that's the only person Joyce Smith would listen to. <laughs> but well, we are at the end of the year and almost at the end of the podcast. Yeah. So before we go, Paul, let's let's talk positively about the year that was because we did have a lot of high points to talk about for Impact. No, oh, we did. Here. What have, when you, quickly? What are some of your standout moments or matches from from wrestling? And I know the name Josh Adams is probably going to pop up a lot. Oh here. yeah. Well, firstly, mm-hmm. I'm going to mention something that happened quite recently. And for me personally, this was a really, you know, top moment. But uh, watching Eric Young. You know, just lay into that guy. He didn't. He didn't do any kind of slow burn like oh, EY's fit again. Mm-hmm. He just came in the ring and started laying into this guy and did the pile driver. And then at that point, myself and Brian were watching it, and I was like, "Yes, fucking EY's fit again." And right in the minute I saw that in my head, I'm going, well, "That changes shit up. EY's fit again. EY can kick some fucking ass again." And I don't know if it just because I'm such a big VVD fan. But the minute I seen EY getting physical again, I thought, immediately thought, title. I mean, because I just, the guys you see in wrestling who you see as, we're champions. Mm-hmm. EY's a fucking champ, man. Uh-huh. I don't think he can be anything other than a champ, you know what I mean? And I, I don't, like, Josh, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Alexander, I can easily see that mm-hmm. guy could be an X Division champ, that guy could be an Impact champ. EY will. EY to me is impact champ or nothing. I mean, he, I don't mean that in any way to be disparaging against Josh. Mm-hmm. I just think that. I just think EY's too seasoned for the exhibition. He's, he's too big. Mm-hmm. He's too legendary in my. I think EY's legendary, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, like. It's time for when I started watching Impact way back. Mm-hmm. I loved Eric Young. I think the dub horribly mishandled him, mm-hmm. you know. But the dub is notoriously famous for that. Mm-hmm. Terribly mishandling people and ruining them. I mean, fucking Impact wouldn't have ruined sanity, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, talk about recent moments. I think obviously the missed moment has to be one of the top moments here because the fact oh. that we just divided people so much. Yeah, but it, you think of it that well. Mm-hmm. You saw it. We thought yeah. complete bastards. But that, when was the last time you watched the WWE thing or something? Uh-huh. It was on the edge of your seat going, I know. "Fuck up," you know. I know. Like it that, when it. It's a beautiful thing with wrestling. I can draw such a genuine reaction out of yeah, people. Like with genuine that. hatred or genuine passion. Mm-hmm. Or, just genuine 
I hate you, but I love how they're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're making you look like a cunt, and it's great. <laughs> you know? I think, although I think the moment that nobody could have called going into 2021 is the fact that we'd actually, not only would we see Christian Cage come back to Impact, but he'd have a brief couple of months as Impact World Champion. Yeah, yeah, that was solid as yeah. hell. But in terms of standout matches, to get the obvious ones out of the way with Josh Alexander, either his, his both his match with Jake Sunday at, at Emergence and his Iron Man match with TJP. Oh, that both. was absolutely fantastic, last match. Stellar, stellar yeah, fucking match. Stellar fucking match. But you know, say that the six man tag, uh, uh, hard to kill. The main event where Moose kind of was not meant to be there, but he stole the show anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've also got to say, like over the course of the year, mm-hmm. I think Levertiosa held that title with distinction. She carried it well. Mm-hmm. Right, her match with like Thunder Rosa, the mystery opponent at Slam All even though at the time I still think it's a bit too short. The match, I still thought yeah. it was a hell of a match. But also at Slam a match that kind of got them a lot of time was, uh, and rightfully so, of how unexpectedly brutal it ended up being was uh, Sammy versus Kenny. Oh yeah, that was a great match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, would like to say I think uh, over the course of the year, mm-hmm. I was a little less than kind towards like, Rachel Ellering. Yes. I was a wee bit mocking. I didn't think she was that good, but I hold my hands up. It might have been a slow burn, but she's developed well. She's a really solid in-ring performer, you know. Yeah. I still think her character needs a wee bit of tweaking, mm-hmm. but as a performer, as a wrestler, mm-hmm. she's solid. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Solid, and I, the only thing that annoyed me in regards to that was a weird sort of, mm-hmm. you know. Early breaking up, early no breaking up. You know, the, the yeah. weird tension between the team, mm-hmm. which didn't seem to go anywhere. Uh. That bothered me a touch, but just because it seemed a bit like, are you going anywhere with this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it kind of cools off on that for now. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, I think the Rachel and Jordan team have been really good. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed seeing both of them in ring. I think Rachel Erring is really solid in the ring at the minute. I just don't. I would like to see them develop their character a bit more, you know what I mean? Uh, something I just thought about there that I forgot was actually in 2021 because it was so early in the year and like, it feels like so long ago was that Super X Cup they brought back this year with the final being like Ace versus Trey Baxter. Yeah, it's a hell yeah. Of a match. Oh, that Trey Baxter guy. He got he got released. Uh, no, no, he was called Trey Baxter in WWE. He's, now, he's called Blake Christian. Blake, Blake Christian, yeah, that was it. Yeah. He, uh, he got released as well, so maybe hopefully he'll be back in the X Division. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Blake or Trey or whatever you want to call yourself. Maybe you should have just stayed where you were respected. Or maybe Impact should have done more to snap them up when they had the chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they really uh, they dropped the ball on that one. Uh huh. Because he was he was really fucking good. Him. I think throughout the entire year, the X Division itself like went to a whole new level, which oh. I think be a big part of. It, but there were other guys who really were part of that as well. Trey Ace. TJ, uh, Jake something, Laredo Kid even, El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo. Mm-hmm. He was a solid guy, innit? Uh-huh. And every moment of the year, the good, the, uh, both Finjus beating the good brothers at Sacrifice and then the shock of uh, VBD cashing in the Collier shot that everybody, I think, by that point had forgotten that Rhino had. <laughs> uh, that was cool. 
Well, you know, we could be here all day talking about great moments from the last we year, matches in the last year. We could. But, you know, I think we got to wrap that up. I think, you know, sorry that we, there was a bit of a delay, but, you know, I think it was, I don't know why, but words in people's mouth, but I think it was worth the wait. I think so. I think we've gave a good account of the, mm-hmm. the programme that we love so much. Yeah. I think we will probably won't get another episode impact related until after Article and other like making an impact until after that, but I'm sure the card itself, as it's taking shape, is going to be solid and will leave us with a lot to talk about. Oh, it will. It will. And will hopefully be better than last year's Article, which we were very harsh on other than the main events. And I, I, as I confidently stated, and you know, if I'm wrong by the time we do our show, mm-hmm. and I am humbled, I will be humble, mm-hmm. which is not good. Which is not an easy thing for me to do. You know that. Mm-hmm. I'm a shit. I'm a bad loser. But my you're, God, you're I'm not a good worst win- winner. You're, I was gonna say you're not a really good winner either. No, I'm a shit winner. <laughs> It's hard to know which is worse actually when you when you win or when you lose. To be honest with you. Well, when I win, I'm a gloating little prick. I really am. When he loses, he's a middy little prick. Yes, I am. So hopefully, after January second, mm-hmm. I will not be a moody little prick. I will be a gloating little prick. If you live in Glasgow, you know what he's referring to. Oh yes, you do. But you know, for but now- as I always say, mm-hmm. I'm never nasty. I'm just a gloating wee prick. I feel bad. I felt bad at points in uh, twenty twelve where, like, mainly because we were recording another one, and I didn't really have the the, the motivation to do more. The over oh, the phone show, we did keep take a few gaps in like the spring, early summer. Yeah, but it's funny how whenever we came back, it was usually because we wanted an impact episode because already so much had happened. Yeah, <laughs> so it's our first full year properly of reviewing impact. Yeah, so it is fun to get a look back on what's been happening. Uh, hopefully, it won't take that many big gaps. You know, because you know there is the few that we'll have to go back to those oh, well. briefly recording over the phone. Well, we had of, we had the we had the women's pay per view as well, which we forgot to mention. That was generally quite a solid one. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, no, it's not done. We didn't bring that up. I don't think. Yeah, that was we did we did it like two or so episodes ago. Two or three. Not. Oh, uh, you're talking, you're talking about year wrap up. You know, I'm saying oh. that is one of the solids of the year. Oh yeah, well, I thought, we, I thought you said we didn't cover it. Like, no, yes, no, I meant in this particular oh, yeah. show. Oh, yeah, that was a solid show as well. <laughs> Mercedes Martinez had a real standout. You had that Monsters Ball that was really good. Yep. Yeah, that was a really solid show. You had that cool, you know, retirement mm-hmm. speech and Hall of Fame speech from Awesome Kong. Absolutely. Which I'm sad about because, you know, I don't think I got to see enough of Awesome Kong. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think a lot of people said they didn't get to see our, our, our best. Mm-hmm. Going to tell me now, but what the fuck was she called in the WWE? Karma. Karma. Thank you. I could never remember it. I knew. I just in my head, I just awesome Kong. You know what I mean? Here's a way to remember. What's a bitch? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it. We're good brothers and bitches. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. Other than them. Um. Moose is a bitch. But in a good way. Yeah. Hey, Miss, you're a good bitch. <laughs> I don't think that's really a thing. We could, yeah. We could make it a thing. But yeah. I don't think he'd appreciate you very much if you called him a good bitch. I really don't. I don't think he really would know what the fuck you were on about. Yeah, he might just think you were strange. Yeah. Strange in the head. But then again, Miss is not going to get you really one up to him call him a bitch in any capacity. Walk up, hey, bitch. <laughs> but How you doing winning that title in front of the guy's kids, bitch? Before we... we move, for fuck's sake... Wasn't me. Yes, it was. 
before we, we end up calling more people an impact a, a bitch for whatever reason, whatever <laughs> kind of bitch, we want to thank you for, for listening to this. Well, I was going to say incoherent rambling. Only the last few minutes have been incoherent. The first hour or so was very coherent. well. Coherent. We're very coherent for our for our standards. Yeah. Coherence. So, so thank you for listening. As I say, we've been doing this like for the last year or so. So you can feel free to tune back into past episodes where we've talked about impact and the highs and lows that we've we've had to cover over the last year or so with impact, both in person and uh, over like from our own homes. Yeah. Uh, you can find that in the back catalogue on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you choose to get your podcasts. And you can follow updates on stuff we're doing impact wise or indeed anything else that we're doing in the world. And the oral podcasting or any updates on future shows on our social medias, Twitter at SPL, you can get me at Scumbag1996, Ron Rogue Opinions, Rogue underscore Opinions, and Facebook.com forward slash Ram Podcast. Make sure to like that page uh, if you feel so inclined. And we've got one last episode of the year, if we can work this out properly and get it out. I will do everything I can to get it out in the, uh, at least on our feed, if not Rogue Opinions. All you have on... to do is stay sober, Scott. Shut up. <laughs> on Christmas no way <laughs> but you know this may be coming after Christmas or maybe it's before Christmas but either way we'll be either or having either having Christmas or having a good Christmas or you had a good Christmas and you're looking ahead to the new year and hopefully things will get better in the world I know we've said that the last year or so we hope 2020 will be better it wasn't that much better when you look at it in the grand scheme but hopefully we can get over this new Unicron version or whatever the fuck it's called now and Move we'll, on to a better 2022. We'll defeat this fucking Transformers virus. Absolutely. And you see, not, not, that, not that's that. the way you stay cheerful by being funny. I mean, not me and Paul Stedley. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. That's why we do funny podcasts about we, calling them bad wrestlers bitches. We know what we're doing most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time we know what we're doing. Some of the times we don't have a fucking clue. Yeah. But most of the time we, we don't. We don't know. We don't have a clue. Like when we're trying to sign off a fucking podcast. So. No, we just we ramble like crazy people. So we're gonna see you for the rambling again. Have a happy Christmas and New Year. And a, ha- a happy New Year and Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned for the final show of the year, part two, titles politics and fish, where where we'll get this Tuesday in Texas. You'll learn why people don't talk about this show and why. And we'll learn a lot about Hogan's politics and fish. And pissed while we are pissed talking about Owen's politics and the WF title. Well, it'll be a good time we'll be had by all. But until then, goodbye. See ya.